Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. No funny opener this one. This one's a little bit more on the serious conversation. Today, me and Nick are going to be talking about human trafficking and how it is still and heavily among our society. But before we get into that, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? Oh, I got two Coors Lights here and just kind of just extremely bummed out. This is a very depressing but extremely important topic. And uh, it's one of those things where when we research for our episodes, it's fun to learn about all the new things that you didn't know about. And this is just like really made me very sad. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, it um I'm drinking some Oak and Eden whiskey to drown my sorrows because boy, I thought this problem was not as bad as it was. And researching it, it was it was hard, not finding information, but reading the information. And to start off, I figured I'd tell you what human trafficking is and different types of human trafficking. So the definition of human trafficking is a criminal activity in which people are recruited, harbored, transported, bought, or kidnapped to serve in a exploitative purpose, such as sexual slavery, forced labor, or child soldiery. Um, Forced labor being working on farms and factories. Bond labor, which was not mentioned in the definition, but I came across a lot, was the victim has to work off a debt, which is pretty much servitude in a different form a different form of forced labor and perhaps the most common which was sex trafficking the price of flesh apparently has not gone down over the years and majority of the market being sexual slavery which is extremely disheartening and i imagine we'll talk about them all a bit and i nick i'm just happy i have a full bottle sitting next to me yep and you're gonna need it and uh, so like Mike, you said that you didn't think that this problem was as, as big as it is. And I definitely agree. Uh, there's a, a range because, you know, these people don't fill out surveys. So this is just estimates, different studies based on different data. I've seen pretty low numbers, pretty high numbers, but in the middle is around 100,000 to 150,000. But even if it's, say, half of that, say 50,000 people that's uh it's still too many people so but even if it's at the high end of 150,000 that's a, a lot of people who are being held as commercial sex slaves in the United States yeah i think that's important to note that the numbers you were talking about aren't for the world they're just for the United States um just um just to mention a little bit in india more than 200,000 children are forced into labor into factories each year that's a quarter Nearly, uh, it's a fifth of the million people, children, into factories every year for slavery. Um, I don't know about your research, Nick, but I'm mainly focused on the United States. I just want to point out that it is disgusting on how much and how common slavery is throughout the world. Not just factories, but like you mentioned, it was sex workers being sexual slaves, being transported across different nations, being kidnapped as kids. It is... I would dare say an epidemic, Nick. Yeah, and so a surprising amount of slaves were from the United States, but there's a few countries where most of the slaves are imported. This is according to, uh, I, don't know, I don't know where the study's from, but it's on the, Polar- um, the Polaris, which is a human trafficking, anti-human trafficking organization. The United States, some countries in England and South Africa, uh, they estimate that above 50% of the slaves in those countries are from other places. And then some more European countries, it's 35 to 50% are from foreign countries. And the rest of the world is pretty, the majority of the world's below 10 to 35% of slaves are imported, which means they're, they're not coming from outside sources. So it's, it's not, but it's, It's not always, you know, when I think in America, when we think of human trafficking, we think of people being brought from Asia or 
South America and shipping, shipping containers, containers. But that's even if it is maybe you know above fifty percent. There's a, a surprising amount of people who were born in the United States who get wrapped up in slavery. Um, yeah, uh, wrapped up in slavery, I think, is a good transition, too. I want to talk about on how people get involved being victims or people who end up becoming slaves. I just thought it was important to note since we're talking about the United States. Somewhere between 10,000 to 50,000 people are trafficked each year in the United States. That's We can't put a number on it because we don't know and like nick said a lot of victims are your neighbors you're someone not too far from where you live or where your family lives it's teens who run away from home who get sucked into it it's people who get held hostage pretty much and have to produce sexual favors uh i saw one horrible story where a woman's baby was taken from her and she was forced into prostitution or else they would hurt her baby. And that's one way how they do it or is they force you. Or, they, well, I think you're going to go over all these help. Never mind. Well, yeah, they force you, whether it be by gunpoint, having your person hostage. Um, a lot of people, for, unfortunately, it's poverty. Uh, for They just need a way to produce money so they could help feed their families, whether they be kids and need to help on the farm or etc etc and it ends up making them into slavery they think oh this person can give me a job the job turns out to be a slave there's brainwashing we're telling you people that they need to do this which goes along with certain cultures there are cultures which i did not know come across this where for females and i do want to point out that from what i saw in research 71 percent of modern slavery modern sl- modern slavery victims are women uh, a lot of them majority of them in sexual trafficking uh, if they're not producing money for their family in their culture it's more acceptable for them to become sex slaves in a way you got uneducation where they simply don't know better and they are being told by a an authoritarian figure um in the united states like i was saying people run away from home kids in an abusive home and they don't know any better and someone shows up in a, with a warm van a warm van and um there's a multitude of ways brainwashing education uneducated forced poverty culture and nick i imagine you have to add on to that i was just kind of naming them all off to begin with yeah uh a surprising one that i came across was the indentured servitude of picking up debt and then having to work for that debt and then they piled the debt on and a lot of times so what they these people these traffickers do is they put up a billboard and some some pretty impoverished place that says you know like easy living in like new york or los angeles or london or something and they're like oh we'll help you get your you know your documents in order so you can go work there and then you know they tell them they're going to work in like a hotel or a restaurant or something and then they go over there and they take all their documents and maybe and it's not every every case is different so it's hard to generalize but maybe they get them addicted to drugs or they take revealing pictures that would destroy their family's reputation or cause their family to be killed back home or or something where they can control them and then they just make them work for them um and it's i thought this was insane because i remember learning about this in history class with indentured servitude was one of the things that this country was it it really pissed off, you know, the people who created this country of people coming over here and having to work and work and work and work and never being able to earn their freedom. And then that was the last I heard of it, you know, and in it, my education indentured servitude ended with the foundation of this country. I, uh, I never thought that it was still going on. Yeah. Um, a case that I think well illustrates your point of indentured servitude was, uh, I saw this coyote he was in south america he would smuggle teens and uh, adults into america and he would cost fifteen thousand. and most families can't afford that so in turn he would say you sign over the deed to your land to me until your son works off or your daughter works off that fifteen thousand dollars and no matter how much that person works that deed never goes back to the family it is 
they, like you said, they, they steal their passports a lot. They uh, if they they just hold something over them. Yeah, and they'll they, yeah like, they'll like brainwash. You know, Dave Chappelle has a, has a joke about this where he talks about how pimps. It's like how how come these girls never run away? And the pimp says he beats the girl, and then he he uh, comes in later, like the next day or something, with all these flowers and gifts and like pampers her, and so that she associates happiness and and care and safety with the pimp even though he was the one who beat her up in the first place yes and perhaps one of the most disgusting things is a lot of slaves are started young they don't know any better they're they're too young uneducated and are get brainwashed and told them that this is just how life is this is how it's supposed to be they are kids being bred and groomed those are exact quotes used by people in the industry to do whatever slave bidding is forced upon them. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's it's a it's a completely vicious cycle, just like anything else. Where a lot of times, once these victims are you know older and they can't, they're not va- as valuable as as sex workers anymore. They'll become traffickers themselves, or they die. Uh, I don't know if you came across this, Nick. The average lifespan of a person in slavery is seven years. No, I, I didn't come across that. It's uh, a lot of, unfortunately, people start when they're 10 to 15, 16. And at max, they're living to what? 21, 22. They get, if they lose their worth, they get killed, discarded to the streets. They become homeless and poor and hungry. It They get used and just discarded like they're nothing they're like they're not human and people may wonder why people do this or why they get into the industry is like you said nick money they just to make a they make a living um in organized crime it makes about 32 billion a year across the world and human trafficking it's a billion human trafficking is a billion dollar industry in the 21st century i've heard was that in the united states or globally i've heard way higher numbers i I heard it's like fifteen billion or something ridiculous. But that could have been globally. And does that include? Well, oh, I said sorry, thirty-two I thought, billion. Never mind. No, I, I just, I was just making the point that it's a billion-dollar industry, but it's that it just that's a billion plus. It's it's thirty-two yeah. billion. I just, I, I, I don't understand how there are that many people. I well, it's one. I think the people who pay for it, who do, who do that, probably. In the United States, it, I, I don't really know, but it seems like it's pretty expensive here. But one of the big ones is agriculture um, or or labor, I guess, was a surprisingly large amount. And again, it's hard to say. Uh, I've seen reports that say labor slavery only accounts for 15% of modern slavery. And I've seen stuff say that labor slavery accounts for like 70% of modern slavery. So it's it's somewhere in there. But I mean, if with the numbers, if we have like the anywhere from a hundred thousand to I think the highest, I think the State Department says three hundred twenty-five thousand slaves are in the United States. I mean, you know, if those people over are making, you know, say a minimum wage. That's still a subst- or their employers are getting their minimum wage. That's still a substantial chunk of change, three hundred fifty thousand. And I'm sure you know more. A lot of those people are bringing their uh, I don't know, traffickers in more money than that. Uh, yeah, I what I thought was quite disgusting is um, in the United States, a couple of Super Bowls ago, they made it a big bust. Um, apparently, Super Bowls used to be a big hubbub in the sex trafficking world because a bunch of people would be coming out of state to this region, so they would talk to other sex traffickers to bring in more people to handle the demand, so to speak. And I... I just can't believe there's that many people participating in that activity. That I mean, I knew people across the world did prostitution, but a lot of these prostitution, they're kids. They are not even 16. And I don't, I just, I felt as Americans, we were better than that. But unfortunately, I have been proven wrong. Yeah, and that's always surprised me. I've heard that for a while, that the, the Super Bowl is one of the biggest sex trafficking, uh, I don't know, events, uh, what the right word for that is. And yeah, like you said, 
these guys, they have a network and they'll talk and they'll bring in people. And it's not like they just come to the Super Bowl. They'll hit other cities on their way in and pick up business all along the way to the Super Bowl for that. And I just, I don't, you know, I've never been like, you know what would go good with watching uh, the Patriots be boring as fuck? A sex slave. Like what? Like, I just don't understand. You'd think it would be, uh, I don't know, maybe like, when does Congress start? Ha 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 ha. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's, damn, that's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I figured people would do drugs during the Super Bowl. Didn't realize they would peddle in human flesh during the Super Bowl. I, I, I just don't understand what goes through a person's mindset. One to traffic another human being, and two to be a customer that willingly pays it, and. Across the world, it's common. Like there are, uh, I think it was in Singapore when researching this, there was a karaoke bar. The girls who maybe, maybe 13, 14 for one hour with them cost less than one beer. Like I think a beer was five bucks. A girl was $3. How, I don't understand. Everyone must inherently know, or at least majority of the humans in this world must know that's not okay, right? Like, I feel like there's an unspoken rule, even amongst the criminal world, that kids are a no Well, that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because I ran across that as well where it's not, you don't see, uh, I'm sure there's some, but from what I ran across, it's not like the mob or this getting involved with human trafficking. And maybe that's just from, you know, the, uh, the movies, the, the remnants of that that's left on people, but... It seems in the interviews I listen to, these people, a lot of these actual like criminal elements like the mafia and shit like that, they have somewhat of a code of honor that is like no kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I saw very similar things except for the cartels, which I don't even count those as mafias or gangsters. They're just terrorists. Um, but yeah, I they might participate in prostitution and that sex slavery, but never kids i just can't believe how many people still peddle kids i i i i don't understand how there's just so many people that still do it this day of age yeah it's uh it's just wild it's just like it's uh, same thing i i thought we were better than this i thought that this was a, a problem of the past and the way we talk about the reparations for slavery you You'd think that slavery died out hundreds of years ago, not that it's still going. Not even, not that it's just still going, but it's still going strong. Um, I, you brought up a point of uh, the internet of, you know, just searching real quick for a girl or whatever. And that is the mecca of where sex trafficking and human trafficking is. It's not word of mouth. It's not visual. It's all online. For those uh, back page Craigslist, they got hit hard because they were peddling human flesh or they were allowing human flesh to be peddled on their websites. It's uh, it's an unfortunate internet sensation. It's, hey, it, they might see now like fun girls now called blah, blah, blah. And I saw one website when I was researching this, their admins, the people who look over to see if people are keeping up with their rules of conduct they changed one girl's age who they, the sex traffickers posted as 12 years old to the legal age of 18 so it wouldn't cause red oh, flags i did see that what the fuck it didn't even it wasn't just the sex traffickers who were doing that it was the people running the website they there's one thing of not only did they not turn a blind eye they helped they they helped you you see something illegal happening like I don't care what your stance is on drugs, guns, but to to use a human to make money against their will is just I don't know how I, I don't there's not I don't know how there's that much money, and I don't know how these people are are so open about it. And that's a thing that um, these people have to be open about it because what they're selling and they view it as a product, so it needs to be advertised to be sold. And it's crazy that there's you know these websites that people go to go on it and, and find these slaves 
that are allowed to exist. And there's other stuff that I can go on and get on a watch list for looking at, like, the fucking picture of, yeah. How to make a bomb or something. I I go and buy too much fucking fertilizer or I buy too much fucking Motrin watch list. And yet these people can buy fucking humans. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, one that probably is very common people have heard of before is mail-ordered brides. They're not brides. They're majority of the time mail-order slaves. And it's uh, like our, like your neighbors. It's not people being imported. They, that does happen. But a lot of the slaves in your own country, no matter where you're listening to this, they're slaves that were just kids who were running away from a bad home, uh, people bad on down on their luck, or just women in a bad situation and they don't care if you're white black straight they don't they don't they don't care it's just they pimp you out let your body be used up whether it be forced labor in some shitty factory where i saw one where a bunch of the kids were starting to get eye problems because they were working on a chicken farm and all the chicken shit was falling into their eyes and making it burn and then another one where they not only forced a woman into sex slave once her daughter became in their eyes old enough forced her into sex slave it became generational and it's all on the internet it's all open it's all a click away and it's across the united states and it's across the world and it's so obvious in front of all our noses but yet nothing's being done about it yeah and uh we live in a very divided time politically in the united states yet this seems like something we can all get behind, which raises the question, why Why do we not talk about this? And part of this, I think, is uh, it's fucking uncomfortable. I don't like talking about this. I don't like being, I feel guilty by association of just like talk, like it's, it's so disgusting. I feel shamed about talking about it. I feel like I need a shower. So, I mean, that's probably a part of it that we're just, you know, we're, the United States is a pretty, uh, it may not seem like it based on listening to the radio, but we're a pretty uh, Puritan country compared to other countries. We don't like to talk about sex. We don't like to talk about ugly things. But this is one issue that, and you hear politicians talk about this all the time, don't you? We have to fight this issue and blah, blah, blah. But this seems like a very uniting thing for the country of some a problem that everyone can get behind. But we don't want to talk about it because it is uncomfortable, I think. I don't know. Why do you think, Mike, that this isn't uh it's a pretty bipartisan issue? I don't know anyone who's like, oh, I'm on the fence if slavery is bad or not. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what's the problem, do you think? Uh, Depends. Can I wear my tinfoil hat? Well, I'm not wearing pants, so you can wear whatever you want. <laughs> okay. If I got my tinfoil hat on, I would imagine... It's less profitable for people in power to focus on this issue rather than other issues. I saw an interesting discussion between two gentlemen, which I cannot remember their name, but their, their sources are uh, are on our YouTube page, so you could figure out from there. Um, we spend more on the illegal sales on the legal sales of legal goods than we do on human trafficking. Uh, in case anyone's wondering. The annual budget that is purely dedicated to human trafficking is $22 million a year. We spend more, I think, on paper clips in Congress than $22 million. I, I, it's not, it might not be paper clips. It might be pen. It might be ink. But we spend more on an office commodity than we do on human trafficking. I think it's because it's not profitable for people in power. I also agree with you, Nick. We're saying it's people uncomfortable because I'll be honest, I was ignorant. Like I knew human trafficking existed. I just didn't really think it was or this that bad. it was I didn't think it was in the, the scale that it is. Oh, definitely not on the scale it is. Like I thought, oh, it was, you know, one or two bad sex rings or you don't know, the Russian mob or some some cartel group had some slaves and shipping containers. Nothing to the extent where it's Ten to 50,000 of our countrymen, Nick, in bonds, both either figuratively or literally in bonds. I had no idea the scale and extent of it. So maybe ignorance, 
maybe because we're so focused on other topics, we don't want to learn about other topics. Well, I think I, I, I think you hit on a good point of it's not, maybe the term is it's not economical for them to focus their time on it, but it's maybe the term is their time, the amount of time they spend on this to stay in power, they need to spend time on more divisive issues to drive their viewership and engagement get their name out there up as opposed to something everyone can get behind no one shares that um so i think that's part of it but also on your point of spending and this this might be controversial but firearms and alcohol are constitutionally protected goods that the united states citizens of the united states constitutionally have access to we spend 1.4 billion dollars to regulate that also constitutionally, you're not allowed to own slaves. We do not spend $1.4 billion to regulate that one amendment, or even half of that, so 750-ish thousand to to for, per amendment to guarantee people aren't doing that, whereas some people would argue the ATF is doing the opposite of that. So why is that? I don't know why we're not enforcing the 13th Amendment. I, I get, I'm... <sighs> best bet i get it's it's not profitable you uh I, this was really disturbing to me is on a federal level you can go to jail longer for a car crash than you can for human trafficking and it's it's only on a state level where they start implementing more harsh uh, punishments i think it's montana and texas are the only states right now that offer life sentences for people convicted of human trafficking. That sounds about right. But I did see that state level a lot. Whereas the feds, if nothing else, are famous for outspending everyone in the world. The states are the ones who are focusing their resources, whether it be money or manpower, um, against human trafficking. And it's mostly large cities. Los Angeles, Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, New York. St. Louis. Yeah, They're the ones who have enough resources to you know put resources towards the human trafficking but the feds don't seem to be it's very interested not, in it i i would agree except for that they have the resources to do it uh state and local police are 100 percent leading the way on stopping human trafficking they are the ones investigating going front line uh the federal government, it's kind of divided between different sectors, the DOJ, the DOD, at the FBI. It is not uniform. They don't, it, the information sharing is terrible. It is completely what you said, Nick. It is the state and local police that are stopping human trafficking. And I don't think they have enough resources to do that. If you're expecting a cop from, I don't know, spending 12 hours doing traffic stops and all of a sudden have to investigate a possible sex sex ring or a child pedophile ring that they they need more budget for that they need more resources for that and a lot of times so that's spurned from the feds whereas it's very easy for smaller departments to get a narcotics officer or a gang officer there's just no federal money to finance a human trafficking detective i personally i think it might be that the federal government doesn't want to i mean if you look at the u.s spending uh for the entire world, like helping aid for slavery and in their own backyard, United States, they spend less than a dollar per human traffic traffic victim globally, less than a dollar per victim, Nick. And you're and you're saying you're trying to stop? It's it's chair it's charities, nonprofit organizations, the police, and victims who survived and rose above it. That they're they're the ones taking care and trying to stop human trafficking. Definitely not the federal government. The federal, I'm, I'm sorry, the federal government completely failed in this department. It is disgusting. And again, I want to bring it back to the ATF. We have an entire department that regulates two separate constitutional items. We have a DOJ, an FBI, a CIA, EPA, thousands of federal departments that regulate things that are less pressing to humanity than slavery. I, I mean, I feel pretty safe about saying that. You. You could maybe make an exemption for some of the intelligence gathering, but if, like, why why do we—this is going to be a first for me. I've never advocated for the creation of another federal agency, but why do we not have someone dealing with this issue? 
just this issue. And like we talked about, if this happens at the local level, the problem with that is that we talked about the places that have these great human trafficking resources for the police departments. They're all in big cities, which just push the traffickers out to more rural areas where we have like 10 t- cops in my town and they have to do everything. They don't have time to just go out and look for human traffickers. I-5 is probably the largest, is the largest drug trafficking corridor in the world. Runs up from California through Oregon, Washington, up to Canada. I'm sure it's also a pretty large human trafficking hub. Once you get past Los Angeles, San Diego, or uh, once you get past Los Angeles and you start heading north, it's pretty much all rural. There's They don't have the police presence in these areas or the police funding to train their officers to look for all this stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons the U.S. is so bad is because it's so big. There's a lot of places to hide. And with police departments that are already, I mean, you got to spend, you got to do your your traffic stops, your, your training for this and that. And we don't have resources for every town to go out and have a, a human trafficking officer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want another new organization or perhaps a organization to be repurposed for it, like ICE or uh, DOJ, just maybe change the tune that they're playing to fight human trafficking. Yeah, and, and to like be said, fair, they- ICE does do a lot of the human trafficking work for for federal agencies, they probably do the most, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but work, active, active work. work. But I think, and not to disregard their work at all, but I think that that's just a fact of what their job is. That that's, you're going to have a lot of that as a as byproduct. A byproduct yeah, that. I agree with that. And also, before, I want to note out uh, that since you said, Nick, like they can move, these aren't organizations where they have fields of opium these are people who can simply pack up and move to a different city where the local police department might not know who they are there's no central database of saying hey these people are under investigation for sex trafficking or uh, human trafficking there's no there's no identification it's i there's no organization to fighting human trafficking there's no budget there's no human. There is no knowledge being gone. I was ignorant of it. That it's not being said enough and screamed from the rooftops like it should be. And there's no, uh, there's no budget. There's no information, and there's no organization that is informed, organized, and prepared to take on this task. It is a bunch of groups fighting together, trying to take overthrow this epidemic of human flesh peddling. And I do want to say that I think this is this is the light talking about this of Americans across the country have said this is enough and it's we won't have time to list every single organization, but there are so many like it's it's again hard to count them all. We won't be able to list them all. And if we forget one, we're sorry, we're going to list the ones we ran across. But there's so many organizations of Americans who are working in all sorts of ways to help end trafficking and to compile these databases, put this information together, help these police departments. I mean, there's a organization, um, the Deliver Fund, that they pay, they have employees that work for police departments completely paid from their organization that just compiles data on human traffickers to share to other departments and positions that would the department can't afford to pay for, but through donations and through these people's work, they are doing this this job because it needs to be done. And Americans have filled that role of, here's a problem. We, the people, will fix it. There's um, a human trafficker analysis person in Houston, and the police department can't afford him full time. So he works as a different, I think, it's, I think it was Polaris, because Polaris came up quite a bit in my research, as a human trafficking analysis analyzer they are so passionate about it that they got another job just so they can keep the fight going and helping human beings not be bonded raped and sold into forced labor and it's it's very disheartening how the hero the true heroes of the world and the united states are being unsung the people who are trying to go out and stop these disgusting human beings from human trafficking and i want to point this out 
you might think of human traffickers as an organized group or a bunch of guys. It is not that. It is human trafficking, the assholes who do it, are both male and female. I was surprised on how many females are in sex trafficking, like being the disgusting human being and being the human trafficker, not the human trafficking. Uh, and if they, since these groups are not well organized, they're kind of individuals who just happen to have people under their skin. It's no large organization. They might have a trafficking network, like we were saying with different pages online and the internet, but problem is there's no hierarchy it's completely independent so you have to hunt each one down one by one you have to stop it's not it's not a tree and cut down and all the leaves fall with it it's a bunch of weeds that you have to pluck out of the grass one by one it's really hard for the state the police department the wonderful organizations to track find each individual doing human trafficking because the human trafficker might only have three people, or another one might have 50, or another one might have 1,000. They just come in a large range of sizes. It might be a female. Oh, she's just being a protective friend. No, she's selling that other woman's body to the night for her own profit. It's well, Think about probably, and maybe it's not always. Well, one, you've always had madams. That's been a pretty infamous title, but you're on a plane and you see some girl who looks scared and there's some creepy old guy next to her who's like being kind of a dick that seems like a pretty pretty obvious thing but if there's some girl who's scared and there's just like looks like some middle-aged mom next to her you're gonna be like oh you know whatever you you never suspect a woman no and hell has no fury like a woman's scorn it's disgusting it's it's so obvious but yet so it's so obvious that it's hard to see and i wish there were instead of having dare growing up i don't even know if dare still exists maybe we have different organizations to identify like hey these people are in distress you might need to ask you might you don't have to say something to the victim you can just say to someone next into the authority position like at the airport you say to the stas agent hey something's not right there she looks scared or to your teacher or to the next cop you see like hey there's this person something's something's not right sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry than to be sorry yeah it's uh, especially after finding out how common human trafficking is it's in a in a sense you kind of always knew that i mean i've flown through atlanta which is one of the the hubs of human trafficking and you always you see the signs everywhere like how to spot traffickers how to do this who to who to tell if you suspect someone's being trafficked close the door in the stall it's like if you're being trafficked call this number but it still was like hard to comprehend of like oh that's not me like that's that's not that's not real and that's not america that's a different country exactly you just it's hard it's you can't believe something so awful would happen here because of how of the way we talk in our society as when we talk about slavery it it's even in current political climate we talk about slavery as if it's been dead for uh, a, a few generations or people talk about it when they talk about more recent slavery like it ended a generation ago not that it's it's ongoing and not to the scale that it is and going strong i don't see any progress of it slowing down nick at all i thought well, with that's the, age the, of the internet thing. cameras everywhere how are you going to stop it i mean i think we talked about another episode we think we're so advanced, but we live in a time where in the early stages of YouTube, you could watch slave auctions on YouTube lives. They're not live, but recorded slave auctions. We think we're so far ahead of this, but at the same time, you there's a point in, before YouTube censored everything where you could watch slave auctions on YouTube. And to, to most people, those two things seem so disconnected that it that that's like an alternate reality. Just doesn't seem real. Yeah. I you've told me it before and it still doesn't seem real. It it's it's a it it quite literally someone within I'm in a I'm in Texas and in a major city. I probably within a fifty square mile radius of me, there's probably over a hundred slaves. Easy. Dude, I I was on Craigslist looking for roommates and I think I looking back now, I think I was like human trafficking. There's this weird ad 
looking for roommates and it was like oh like if you pay for the rent i'll just like live in your house and like clean clean the house for you and it was like the title was like houseboy or something it was like the email i got and i was just like this is fucking weird and i just like didn't think anything of it but now i'm like oh fuck but at the, to be fair it was craigslist and i got so many weird emails it that wasn't even the weirdest one but it's like that seems now that has like a very trafficking uh tone to it. i don't know I, I i agree i've done on craigslist where now looking back i realized oh shit now that i have more information more knowledge that that could have been a, someone that could have been a slave i could have just saw on a slave and i did not know it and you most likely uh not to be a debbie downer nick but depending on when you look for a roommate and depending on when i was a craigslist Chances are that person's dead. Yes, way to not be a Debbie Downer, Mike. <laughs> it's it's the truth. That's the sad part. Is they're probably dead. They like they either got by the human trafficking addicted to drugs where if they stopped, they get a problem and might have overdosed. They might have been killed because they've outstanded their use. They there's numerous reasons. It's not it having the i as much as this was painful to research nick i now have so much more information where it's like the rose colored lenses were taken away from my eyes and i realized oh shit i need to keep my eyes open more to help prevent this yeah and that's i think uh i think we should talk about we'll go over signs of how to recognize you know when you're out and about and but we also talk about how to prevent it in in your life people you know you know kids and, and shit like that because it's uh a, a lot of it stems it's from prevalent yeah like and i'm not just saying this because i have a flip phone but a lot of technology that parents don't understand makes it pretty easy for these uh feels weird to call them people but these these traffickers to to um groom groom children uh this is a little sidebar i am surprised there's not a harsher word we call traffickers I I felt like there would be a different word to describe them, but yeah, um, I think that's a perfect idea of signs to look out for, which there's a large range of them, Nick. Yeah, and so I guess, you know, the, the most obvious one that I think the untrained eye can see is a combination of unlikely traveling companions and like a nervousness or being afraid. You know, a lot of people who confront someone and find out that one of the party is being trafficked. A lot of the story is they looked afraid and they were fearful. Um, a lot of times this is happens in the airport. People are flying and you see, like we talked about earlier, a younger girl and occasionally a, a younger guy with an older man or an older lady who just seems afraid. And a lot of times what happens is the trafficker will go to the bathroom and someone will ask the the, the victim. Like what's going on? It's like I can't talk to you, which is yeah, that's a huge red flag. And there's a there's there's a a difference between this person and just a normal kid being like stranger danger, just being like I want to talk to my mom or something. It's not I want to talk to my mom. It's or talk like something like that's like I can't talk to you and being afraid of being seen. Like like you have to leave. Like this person does not want to be seen talking to another person. And these are not like five-year-old kids either. These could be 16-year-olds. And it's a little weird to say that. Um, before we get more into science look out for, uh, I wanted to point out this story, Nick, before I completely forgot. Sometimes the victims, like we mentioned, are scared to step forward because they're, like you said, Nick, they might get the shit kicked out of them. They might get killed. Or um, one story I came across was a lady was scared because... They threatened to kill her baby. So when the cops talked to her, she kept saying, I'm just a prostitute. I'm just a prostitute. Just a prostitute. Not that she was a sex slave. Um, but yeah, like you said, Nick, skittishness. If people, humans aren't naturally skittish. Not not anymore. So when they seem kind of jumpy, kind of on edge, something's usually up. And it can't hurt to ask or tell someone about it. At the very least, tell someone about it. Yeah, and I don't want to get too off topic, but I think this is, important to to say i don't know where we'll fit it in but a lot of times the traffickers will rely on the fact that 
they get their victims on drugs. And so back, this is longer ago, like in the 70s, trafficking victims, if they went to the police department, the police would be like, whoa, you know, put them them in prison because they were using heroin or whatever the fuck, even though it was being forced on them. And now police are taught, you know, to look for the signs of trafficking and, and stuff like that. But the the traffickers really tried to make the victims think that the authorities are the enemy. They'll get in trouble if they talk to the cops. Yeah, I saw that a lot, too. Um, another one I saw was just physical features, like heavy bags underneath the eye. Like most 14 year olds don't have heavy bags underneath their eyes. And don't look completely drained like they've been working in a factory their entire life. It's it's a little kind of red flaggy-ish. And also, the amount of websites, like, you might, like, me and Nick with Craigslist, you might come across something. And if something doesn't seem right, like, if it just seems like a prostitution website, most likely, it's a human trafficking website. Prostitution and human trafficking are so deeply in tie with each other that uh, a quote-unquote personals website or meet single blah 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 website is probably a human trafficking website so notify i notify people i i that's the best sign i can get it's it's hard to identify in person in real life except for the fear that was the only really major thing i saw nick i don't know if you have anything more with that but a lot of it was done online so it was just like hey if this website seems doesn't right tell some some organization that hey this website doesn't seem right yeah i think uh you know a lot of it's being observant but it's it's the thing that i thought was crazy is it's not like when when i think of trafficking even after researching this it's like oh airports super bowls big cities but it's not they're they're everywhere you know even people have been caught in parks like forest preserves just like places that you know you you think you're going to the the park to walk your dog and that everything is is cool and whatever but that could be like where they take you know these these victims to to dole them out have sex with clients like it's it's not like you need to be oh i'm i'm getting on a plane better you know look around for for victims it's it's everywhere and the places these people are found and caught is just so so shocking to me i mean hotels is a big one probably one of the biggest ones and it's crazy you'll a lot of these stories these uh pimps will rent out an entire like wing or floor of a hotel and it happens time and time again like how is that not a red flag like how many people are renting out hotel wings that we just we don't even think about it yeah um to to say with the whole park thing um another thing i saw was if the dress isn't right so, like, if their clothes seem out of place, like, if you're in the Forest Preserve, you're probably not supposed to be wearing heels and a tank top. That's some red flags. That if, if Honestly, I, I just, I, Nick, I, I almost feel like the girl who cried wolf and just constantly saying, hey, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. It's, it's unfortunate, but they're so good at hiding it. They're so, I, 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 I don't know what else to say except for to look for fear and out of sight it's it's in a world where everything is camouflaged and, and if it looks like a uh the trafficker potential trafficker or someone is always around this person who's fearful like if someone who's fearful and is completely alone it might be something else but a lot of times the trafficker is is hanging around so it's impossible to get the victim alone by themselves and I'm going to read off questions they're supposed to ask from the State Department of how to, you know, clue in on if the person is being trafficked or not. The The first question is, can you leave your job if you want to? And this applies to, like we said, it's not just sex workers, it's agricultural workers and people who work in the food industry who get trafficked for labor. And then can you come and go as you please? Like, do you have your own house, apartment? Are you, does someone tell you when, when you can come and when you can go to work. If you can come and go, have you ever been hurt or threatened to try to leave? Has your family been threatened? Do you live with your employer, which is a huge red flag? Where do you sleep and eat? Are you in debt to your employer? And do you have your passport or identification? Can I see it? Because a lot of times 
the employer, the uh, trafficker, will hold on to the identification so that even if the person gets away, they have no, they can't do anything really. Yeah, I. It's it can't hurt to ask, like, hey, is everything okay? I, I are, uh, can you come and go where you please? Just yeah, fear. I, I, that's the only thing I came across, Nick. Was if a person looks scared, it's probably not right. But there are some other solutions that I want to point out. There, there are not many solutions, but people are trying. Um, one of them is a couple private organizations are starting to put up databases together, and a big one, like you said, Nick, was hotel rooms. So taking pictures of hotel rooms and posting to this site, so that way when they see a video of a girl getting raped or a picture of a girl in a human trafficking situation, they can match that picture to that hotel room. Like they like, oh, this hotel room took place in Los Angeles. Okay, we, we now know there, there's some human trafficking happening in Los Angeles. We can focus our resources there. That was uh, a very interesting idea. Uh, a couple organizations are trying to centralize it and make it easily available for all state and federal officials for human trafficking. Like, again, the amount of de- decentralized effort to stop uh, human trafficking is plentiful. But a centralized organization where it's well-prepared, well-informed, it is non-existent right now. Yeah, and... We talked about there's a ton of programs. The program that I came across, the, the the organization Deliver Fund, seems like a pretty cool organization. They essentially pay for ex CIA NSA analysts to come work for police departments to track human traffickers, and they have a central database that all their employees and all these resources across the country, different police departments feed into all this information. And they are compiling their own central database, and they give that out to other departments and organizations that maybe can't afford it, so that they're kind of spreading the cost around, as well as taking people who have a background in, you know, maybe finding terrorists or looking for people with certain, you know, they have they have the training and all and all this stuff to do it, and now they're uh, now they're they're looking for it. They're looking for these people, and they're hunting them down. And they're spreading that information. And that's the biggest thing is, like you talked about, Mike, is there's no central information. And Deliver Fund, one of their objectives is create a centralized database for all this stuff so that all these departments can look up and say, because like we talked about how these people travel. So a lot of times you'll get like a detective in some, say, let's say like LA, arrested so-and-so with suspected underage whatever couldn't link them to whatever and then pops up in california or uh, fucking sacramento they run his name in this place and it's like suspected whatever with a bunch of girls it's like okay there's there's kind of a trend here pops up again and as it pops up this name just keeps coming up and eventually you're you're gonna you're gonna these they're gonna know okay let's if we investigate this guy enough we're gonna be able to get him with this but if it's someone who, you know, the Los Angeles doesn't communicate with Sacramento, you find this guy that's just kind of weird, but it's Sacramento, so you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. You may never put the pieces together, but if you have that inkling of this is a suspected trafficker, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not for a ton of government surveillance, but if we want to, you know, if someone thinks that someone's We've a been human. under surveillance. What are they using it for <laughs> yeah. if they're not finding If someone's it. suspected of being a human trafficker, I don't mind putting putting them on a list. I mean, I'm probably on a list for, for a bunch, of, bunch of legal shit I did. So let's get these people on their own list. So a couple things. One, completely agree with you. I, I more we, we have for a pedophile list, a sex offender list, but we don't have a human trafficker list. Grant, right, so say the person human trafficking was human trafficking people all over the age of 18 they're not on a sex offender list they're not they don't have to go to door to door saying hey i was arrested and went to jail for blah 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 they can go right back afterwards i feel like there should be a punishment after you serve your punishment of hey you have to tell every every neighbor within i don't know 300 feet hey i was arrested for human trafficking and 
this is going to sound kind of brutal, but we have a bunch of soldiers right now who need a mission. Maybe we let them do work. They're good at dealing with people who don't want to be caught. I can think of some people who need to be buried underneath the, the prison yard. And lastly, I why are the jail times so universally low for human traffickers? You, I, why does selling cocaine get you more jail time than selling kids? That doesn't sit right with me. That's not right. There's something wrong with that picture right there. I 100% agree. And I think that's the jail times is, is the crazy issue, right? Like, first off, I, I agree. One of the biggest dilemmas that I have when I'm driving around debate back and forth with, my, with myself is the yeah, I have two sides to this coin of how to deal with human traffickers. And this has been going on. I've debated this for three years myself. Don't have a good solution. So let me know what you guys think. But on one hand, Everyone needs a, you need to be represented and you need to know about your own trial and you have the right to that. On the other hand, I would love for someone to just drop into a human trafficker's house and just shoot him in the head and leave him there. And I, I believe in both of those things, but they're incompatible. So I, I need to figure out how I can rectify that. But I completely agree. We have a lot of people who are good at finding people. We have a lot of people in the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, whose entire job is this. And maybe it, the beat the alcohol tobacco and firearms maybe we spend less time tracking these things of so and so bought five guns this month and let's transition that to so and so bought five humans this month or even like they bought 13 hotel rooms and only and only themselves currently have the key that mm, how is that not a red flag why how's how are the hotels don't count that as a red flag yeah i don't know i just but back to the the sentencing, I don't think this is, which commonly it's a five to eight year sentence, which is fucking ridiculous because. So that, that sounds to me like three with parole. Well, and a lot of times uh, until they're tried, it's house arrest. And so it takes a year or two to get to the trial. You serve a five year sentence. Those two years of house arrest count towards it. So it's only three years of actual prison time. I'm pretty sure I could lie about insurance fraud and go to jail for longer. Yeah, I think. Yeah, probably insurance fraud will probably get you 15 years, Nick. So we need to make, and there's there's different, it's different per state. This is this is federal that I was looking up, but I think it's uh, pretty bipartisan that if not death penalty, life in prison for human trafficking. I mean, it needs to be, we need to get these genes out of the gene pool. We need to get these people out of society. And also just scare them. If you... If your worst penalty is three years in jail, I, that's, uh, in retrospect, nothing. But if you threaten them with their entire lives in jail, that's a whole nother subject. I feel like more people would be less willing to do so. Yeah, it's just, and, and this is a, we'll probably have to do a whole episode on this. One of the things that drives me, like, I just don't understand is the, the prison time sentencing for various charges, you know, we sit here in school and talk about how fucked Hammurabi's code is, is, oh, if you cut off someone's arm and they cut off your your arm, how unfair that is. You can kill someone and you can put someone in slavery and get out of prison earlier than if you lied to your insurance company about your tobacco usage. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? And we are the ones who sit here and say we are the civilized ones. We lie to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely a, a good, and and I don't entirely know, and I haven't really researched entirely, like, death sentence and life sentences effect on actual outcomes. I think it's not what you think it is, but I... I it would make me feel better. Yeah, I mean, let's, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Hammurabi's code. I wouldn't mind if those people were put into slavery for the rest of their lives. If we put them on a chain gang every day, they wake up super early just start breaking rocks on the side of the highway picking up trash sun goes down they they go back and then they do it at the next morning every single day for the rest of their lives like let's fucking get some use out of them useless pieces of shit yeah you they decided to sell human flesh they should have their own flesh paid it, for it it sounds it justice. sounds bad but they did it first right and i guess this is more discussion about Hammurabi's code and eye for an eye but if they're going to sell someone to slavery, their punishment should be worse than slavery, which is hard to do. So we might as well just make them work every day of the rest of their life. 
I don't know. Yeah. Do something. No, I we we need to do something. And uh, the major solution I sent across was education. I was ignorant of this. I did not know as much information as I should have. Um, but maybe we should teach. Uh, one key element I saw was educate uh, truck uh, truck drivers. Um, truck drivers might just drive and pick up a container. They might not know what's in the context of it. It might be people that being transported across the United States. So look for signs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they have to move the people somehow. So look for those red flags, but just something in the education system. Like we all learn in school, at least here in the United States about, uh, drugs, STDs, DU, uh, DUIs, driving, um, all these things, but we don't learn signs of perhaps people in danger, like how to help people. We don't, we don't learn that. And maybe we should introduce that into our education system of, Hey, this is wrong. Well, I I can't believe I have to say this, but yeah, slavery is bad. I can't believe I have to fucking say that. And these are the signs that are, you should look out for and contact if you see something. Um, that's, uh, I feel like that should be very introduced into our education system and maybe okay i got an idea maybe we would instead of so we all had like a health class about condoms and you know consent shit like that we reduce that class combine it with this other class called how to be a decent human being and it talks about same thing you'll cover condoms and whatever the fuck but you also cover you know how to look out for human trafficking you know like how like trash disposal and, and shit like that just like a class about how to interact with the world and the good and the bad of the world. And so you have an understanding of what the fuck is going on out there and how to be a good person in what is going on out there. DPOS. I could, don't be a piece yeah, of shit. I could take one less pottery class and probably take that class and be a better human being. If I had to, if I had to wager, I would, I completely agree with you except for the condoms and contraceptive section. I feel for some reason, well, that'd be in there. Digital. It'd just be how to be polite in society, and part of being polite in society is not trafficking people and not getting uh, every single woman you sleep Pretty with like rabbits. Yeah, yeah. No, or I no, guess I, it'd be I, classified I, under how to not be a dad to three kids and three different moms. Yeah, I. But I, I agree with you. I think education is the key, and I, I like you said, Nick. We don't like to talk about this uh, this conversation in. The entire world. I don't think this is just a culture thing. I just think it's a human thing. I think it's a very uncomfortable thing. I imagine if we were to look back at the ancient Romans, they probably weren't talking about how their slaves felt like it was uncomfortable to talk about slavery. I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine it's almost ingrained into our DNA of not wanting to talk about slavery. And it seems like it might have carried over. Um, But that's another way to fight it is talk about it. Uh, Get the education Write to your senator, your house representative, lobby for more funding. Like we said, like less than a dollar a day per victim and $22 million that is purely for fighting against uh, human trafficking. Those numbers are too low. We need to help. I, I, I can't imagine helping anybody for a, for a dollar. Could you imagine helping a poor kid who was working in a factory for six years since he was 12 all of a sudden gets liberated and for it with a dollar you're supposed to fix them i or a woman who was raped constantly for money for someone else and you're supposed to fix them with a dollar like no they need psychology they need help they need treatments they need a safe space they need we need funding for it so talk to your local representative and try to get more funding for these poor people yeah, and I think that's that's the biggest issue, right? Like we, you know, it, it's we can look out for and recognize the signs, but how much better would it be, would it be if we could employ dedicated persons to look out for these people? And at the end of the day, more funding might be the answer. I mean, it's in the area in the era of defund the police when local law enforcement and state law enforcement is doing the most to, to combat trafficking. This might not be the solution we want. Like let's uh, let's write and, and fund anti-trafficking, which is something that is talked about as a campaign promise. I mean, it, it seems like uh, Will Ferrell in the campaign when he's like just reciting <laughs> reciting shit that people like, like a 
America, Jesus, freedom, anti-sex trafficking. Like, it's just a thing. Everyone talks about it, but it's not something that that is... Uh, we're all that talk. We're, we're all talk. And it's funny and uh, because I was talking to Mike about this earlier of... I listened to a bunch of different uh, videos and podcasts about this, as well as looked up different sources. And depending on what source you look up, it says... <laughs> And it's funny, when you look up the Obama numbers, it says Hillary Clinton's State Department spent the most against the trafficking. And then it says Donald Trump spent the most against trafficking. And then it was Joe Biden spent the most against trafficking. Does it matter who spent the most if they spent nothing? If I spent the most on appetizers when we went out to eat, and I got three mozzarella sticks for fucking 20 people, does it really matter who spent the most on appetizers? If the problem still exists, it doesn't matter how much spend on it. The problem's still there. I yeah, I I I don't understand how this is not a bigger issue, not more in the public eye, and how there's not any funding for this. Why is there no funding for this? I don't understand this. Why it's, do we give more money to foreign governments than we do to fight slavery in the United States? It's a good fucking question, Nick, and I don't have the answer for it. I really don't. We. We have, as humans, failed as a whole, whether by ignorance of not knowing the issues that are at hand, or even worse, knowing the issues and doing nothing about it. Well, I'm going to draft a, a letter, and I'm going to put it on our social media page, and if you want to copy and paste it, it'll be the letter I send to my representative, with all the information blacked out, if you want to copy and paste it, send it to your representatives. I think that's... Uh, that's the most that we can do right now, as immediately. So, if but if you have any other suggestions, I'll list a bunch of organizations we like. Mike, you got some organizations you want to shout out? Um, yeah, I just one that's a wonderful idea, Nick, and I am definitely I don't have social media, so you have to email me that because I want to do the exact same thing. I something needs to be done with this, even if it's just a letter to your representative. But like Nick said, there are tons of organizations, lots of people trying to fight though they stand alone but one organization i saw which i thought was very interesting was the national human trafficking resource center it was operated by polaris we've mentioned them a couple times throughout the podcast it's a toll-free hotline that is open 24 hours seven days a week and it's in over 200 languages so it helps people who are both native to the united states and people brought in into the united united states but again there are tons of organizations Reach out if you need help. Uh, reach out if you see someone who might need help. And let's try to make this world better than it is. Yeah, and uh, we don't have a huge social media following, but if you know a good organization that we did not mention, send them to us and we'll repost them and get uh, as much coverage as, as our little little voices can. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.